Hello and welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Energy podcast. This week on the cast, we'll be talking about the upcoming Warsaw Regional Championships happening this weekend in Poland. We'll also talk about the recent announcement of the Crown Zenith special set. We'll, of course, have everyone's favorite segment, Guess That Flavor Text. And as we are just a few days away from Silver Tempest releasing on PTCGO and PTCG Live, we're going to cover some of the most interesting cards in the set, give our opinions on them, a little bit of a mini set review. We're going to leave out most of the cards, but talk about some of our favorite ones. I am Chip Ritchie, joined here by my co-host, Azul GG. What's up, Azul? How's it going, man? Doing pretty good, Chip. Doing pretty good. Been trying to make a uh, commitment to <laughs> not rant about PTCG Live over the last couple of weeks and going <laughs> You're swearing forward. it off. <laughs> yeah, just going to let it rest and just like kind of see what happens. I mean, I feel like I've said everything I need to say at this point. So not just on the podcast, but like on my streams or whatever, in general, Twitter. Um, so yeah, just people are tired of hearing you talk about it, rant about it. I mean, a little bit, I'm sure some people still enjoy the rant. So it's something there's like new topics come up. Like Robin put out a tweet today, kind of talking about the whole, like kind of economy of the game and how it's not probably going to last in its current form, because like, it almost feels like the only way to get real value on the game to be able to constantly build top decks is to do the 400 celebrations codes, like buy 400 celebrations codes. And they're basically sold out everywhere since the announcement of the beta going, uh, global by the end of the month so without that it seems like it is pretty hard to sustain your credits to be able to build whatever deck you want with new set releases so um so yeah i mean there's always new more stuff new and more stuff to complain about or talk about <laughs> but i'm um, gonna try and limit it just i feel like they've got all the input that i could ever give them and if they have listened to the podcast or listened to my rants then they'll know what i care about but chip how was uh how was your week did you do any rants about ptcg live <laughs> no ranting from me uh just kind of existing i guess not not uh <laughs> not really much going on actually um i went down this weekend to my parents beach place with my dad and brother and we did some like uh you know it's the end of like the rental season they have like a vacation home that they rent out during mm -hmm. the summer and stuff and so we went down and did some projects fixed some stuff up so that was good um, I also this week updated my Twitter handle and like YouTube username and all that stuff. I decided to go away from the trainer chip name that I've used for the last few years and uh, changed my handle to just be at Chip Ritchie. Um, so no more trainer chip, unfortunately. Trainer chip is dead and gone. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm just Chip Ritchie now. But uh, yeah, I just decided to do that because I got some kind of funny replies on my Twitter when I was talking about it. Some people were like, "I miss trainer chip already" and stuff like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just decided to update it just to, I don't know. I think like having the name trainer chip just kind of felt like it shoehorned me into like just talking and doing Pokemon stuff. And I don't necessarily just want to do that. I kind of just want to, you know, have opportunities to, you know, when I make content or um, when I'm doing like casting or anything like that, just have chances to to kind of be outside of that sphere. So uh, just went with my name, which seems like a good place to go. <laughs> you kind of have the benefit of having your name just be like a cool gamer name anyway. So yeah, you know, it's kind of a cheat code, honestly. Azul Garcia Griego, <laughs> Azul GG, but. Yeah, you're afraid of like someone like uh, seeing that you cast, but then they see trainer chip. You're gonna be like, oh, they can only cast Pokemon. There's no way they could yeah, cast I don't uh, know, Valorant or something. Like I've never. <laughs> no, I think it is. I, a... To be honest, I've like never been that big of a fan of the name trainer chip. But for some reason, when I made a YouTube channel five years ago or six years ago, I guess like that's just the name I went with. And yeah, you know, I decided 
nothing's holding me down to it. I'm cutting it, cutting ties with trainer chip. I'm just chip Richie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. I think it makes a, a good sense as far as like, you know, uh, a professional move or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's a good, uh, it's a good, uh, good business move. A good business move, making moves, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's jump right into the episode this week, and we're going to talk, starting off, about the Warsaw Regional Championships taking place in Poland this weekend. This will be the last tournament of the Lost Origin format. Of course, Silver Tempest, like we mentioned at the start, will be releasing on PTCG Live um, and PTCGO this week, and the next big tournament is going to be the Latin American International Championships for which Silver Tempest will be legal. So the meta is going to get sh uh, shifted a bunch. There's going to be a big shakeup without a doubt. Last chance for some of these decks in this current format, the current meta. So we'll talk about what we think is going to do well in Warsaw. And it's going to be mostly Europeans at the event, obviously, since it's a European regional. But I've actually seen on Twitter, there's like a decent amount of American players, some... Um, uh, you know, players from other parts of the world, I'm sure, as well, going uh, to this event. So might make for a little bit more of an international feel than usual at these European regionals. Um, I guess they're, most of their regionals are pretty international because <laughs> there's a bunch of countries there in Europe. But <laughs> uh, yeah, the last tournament in this format, Azul, you got any kind of big thoughts heading into the weekend? Anything that you think could surprise us? Or are we going to see a little bit more of the same um i think probably just continue to see more of the same i can't imagine why anyone would uh or why a big shift would happen now we've kind of had like the same meta for the last three four major tournaments we didn't really get a meta breakdown for the um the regional tournaments in uh, indonesia and malaysia uh, and they definitely had some different results as far as their top eights went um, but i would be curious to have seen like what the overall meta kind of looks yeah, like yeah. for sure um, but yeah, Garatina and Kiram have been the top two. And even though I don't think Kiram is super deserving of the of the play that it has been getting, um, even since its initial re release tournament in Peoria, uh, we did see it have like a pretty big, uh, um, pretty big showing in in Indonesia. So maybe uh, maybe it is deserving of. I don't know. I've never been a huge fan of the Kiram deck, but I, even when I like talk to you know other top players in the game, that some of them do seem to be fans of the deck, even if they haven't brought it themselves to some of the tournaments, they do enjoy it. So I, I think probably. I mean. I don't see any reason for anything to I think Kiram Giratina will be the top two. And then the, you'll kind of have that mix of the next three to four decks. You'll have the Mew, the Sablezard, um, and I'm missing one. Uh, Palkia, uh, Palkia yeah, and yeah. Talion will be the next like three. But where they where they land doesn't really matter. And I don't really have a prediction for how popular each of those will be. Although I guess maybe it'd be safe to predict Palkia will probably get more popular. Uh, what, what makes you think Palkia will get more popular? Just kind of people at the end of the format wanting to go back to something that they know well like i mean the deck i don't think has really changed as far as how powerful it is yeah um, but i think it has been gaining popularity i think it's just like people are like when the set initially releases people want to play new and different stuff and there's a little bit un more unsure of what is the best deck or what are the best decks but i think pretty much everyone respects palkia to be the best overall deck in the format still which i still think it is um and i think that will just have more people gradually gravitating back towards it you know they they try their Giratina or their Sablezard or their Kiram deck and they don't do as well with it. And it's like, all right, I'm going to go back to the Palkia and like I, I know I can probably get more consistent, better results out of that um, uh, overall. And we still see like a lot of the, the best players in the world still continuing to bring the uh, bring the Palkia and Teleon as well. I don't expect them to change either unless they come up with something new, truly like new and broken maybe, which would be cool to see for sure. 
It would be cool. But, I mean, I feel like these tournaments at the end of the format is when we're the least likely to see that stuff pop up, right? Because, um, I mean, I guess the meta is a little more defined. So sometimes yeah. someone will try to take advantage of that. But usually people just kind of know what they like in a format by this point. And yeah. um, oftentimes you'll see players kind of stick to a specific deck in a format. Like you with Reggie's, this format, I guess, could be an example. Yeah. It just always felt like the best play, and so you just made little changes to the list for the meta. Um, you know, I think we yeah. see that pretty often from a lot of players. Yeah, I think some metas, that's true. Like, this meta, I think it's, like, yeah, the meta is always going to get more defined the longer it is a meta or a format. The format, the meta and the format is going to get more defined the longer a format exists. Um but for this kind of format, it is kind of, like, too open, right? Like, I feel like you have too many powerful decks that can do too many things, like, namely Kiram, Giratina, and Palkia. They're just, like, they can beat so many things. It's hard to, like, want to take a loss to any of those to try and beat the other two. The one kind of deck, though, that can always kind of take advantage of a format becoming more stable is Control. So we did see a couple Mewtwo v Union Control-style decks in Day 2 of Lil Regionals. Uh, didn't see anything out of the two most recent tournaments in malaysia and uh, in indonesia at least in their top eights as far as control decks go but i could see like someone you know being like well this is what the kirams are playing this is what the giratinas are playing this is what the pocket italians are playing yeah and then being like okay maybe i can put something together a little bit more uh maybe a little bit better like or refine the lists that we saw in lil and just come out with a, a decent mutual view and control deck to, to kind of dominate the tournament with maybe so the also, last sander sander might be sander wasn't at lil but i think sander is going to warsaw so so we'll definitely eight. see one control in top eight, right? Yeah, definitely one control in top eight. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, Sander Wojcik, of course, like the most well-known control player. One of the most well-known players in the game, just period, but yeah. absolutely well-known for being the best control player in the game. And he always loves to take advantage of the meta in any way that he can. I'm excited to see what uh, ends up happening there if he is indeed going. Um, so the last European regionals was Lille in France and Mew VMAX ended up winning. Everyone cut their Drapions from the Tina decks, from the Palkias. <laughs> Nobody had Drapion ready to go and Mew was able to kind of get a clean sweep through the top cuts. Do you think that people should adjust to that now and we should start to see Drapion make its way back into Giratina, back into Palkia potentially, um, you know, or just in general in decks like maybe if you're playing Mew, is it worth playing drapion for the mirror this weekend which is something that people did early on in the format uh for lost origin um i think so i think it was pretty reasonable like if we looked at like salt lake city uh there wasn't a ton of Mew at salt lake city because there was so much drapion at peoria which makes kind of sense um and then it kind of like the the shift from there was like oh there's gonna be so little Mew. why would i play drapion and then like everyone at salt lake city still played drapion um uh, like everyone at Peoria played Drapion, and there was a ton of Mew. It didn't do yeah. as well because of that. Going yeah. to Salt Lake City, everyone kept their Drapions. We go to Lil, and then it's like, okay, everyone cut their Drapions, or a lot of people cut their Drapions. Not everyone, but enough people did that Mew won the tournament. Um, and now from here, do we go like, okay, well, Mew won. But are, so are more people going to play Mew because those players, because it was able to get through because like the Giratinas pretty much cut Drapion is why Mew was able to win that tournament. Um, so now do you. I think that I think the Tina players will put the Drapions back in. Who those who didn't play it, I think they'll be like, "Well, I don't want that to happen again." And I think Mew will see a slight rise in popularity as well, just because it it did win, and we are seeing just less Drapion overall. So I think it'll it won't be like a ton of. And I don't think everyone's going to put Drapions back in. And I don't think as many people are going to play Mew, but it'll be kind of like a little bit of an increase in both. A little bit more Drapion, a little bit more Mew. So both will be um, pretty reasonable to. It'll be reasonable to include the Drapion. It'll also still be pretty reasonable to play Mew. I think. Well, I think that 
Lost Box is also the deck where the Drapion feels the most impactful because it takes a matchup that is close, I think like maybe slightly Mew favored if there's no Drapion, uh, to almost an auto win, it feels like, uh, as Giratina because the way the Mew decks are built right now with no single prize attackers, they're all using Mew VMAX, you just take one knockout with Drapion and then one knockout with Star Requiem, right? Mm -hmm. um, Mew can do some cute things, maybe with Heroes Metal or something like that, but it feels like a lot of the Tina decks are on Lost Vacuum now. So it's people have kind of the answers to any of these things. So I think taking a matchup from 50-50 to slightly unfavorable to a near auto win, especially after it just won the last tournament, is definitely very much worth it and you know it does have the benefit in lost box of just being able to be pretty quickly and easily thrown away when you see it in a matchup you um you don't want it in right you can kind of just get it out of the deck yeah. pretty quickly from a colrus or a comfy so always makes it a, a quick easy decision off of a flower selecting yeah. if um if it's a matchup you don't need it so it definitely has the highest impact in the tina deck and yeah i think i think just playing it in there makes <clears throat> so much sense yeah i think the matchup is like unfavorable if you don't have the have the drapion for sure so <clears throat> throw it back in there but yeah i think it'll be about the same i don't think too much is going to switch up because of that so do you think because that even though you know, if tina players should put drapion back in is that going to have a significant impact on muse chances to win another regionals or like have a deep run through top cut um i mean a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be like, like I don't think like, like we're even seeing like at like, if you talk about like Peoria regionals, we saw Kieran players playing P uh, Drapion, right? So, uh, and even Palkia, like Cal got second and had a <laughs> Drapion in their Palkia. Like, I don't think we're going to see, I, I wouldn't add it to Palkia back, even though it is good in the matchup. Like it does increase your win rate against Mew to have the Drapion in Palkia. Like it's such a bad starter in every other matchup. I don't think I would rock it because I think you can beat Mew pretty consistently without it. Um, so I would say, uh, yeah, I don't think those decks are going to be adding Drapion's backing because they've all pretty much cut the Drapion's, right? Kiram's really aren't playing Drapion. Palk is not really playing Drapion. I don't think ever see any of those decks playing Drapion. Um, so I think Mew is still a pretty safe play because I think some Giratinas will probably still choose not to play the Drapion, right? Like, I think a majority of the ones that didn't play it, if, you, if you're, like, looking at, like, let's say 50% of them played it at, uh, what's called Little Regionals, probably 75% will play it now at um warsaw could just be a number out there but i don't think like the kirams and paul kids are adding it back in so i think mew is still a pretty solid play and it's not like unwinnable you can beat the the drapion giratina it's just it's pretty tough it's a bad matchup overall but i think we still it's just a good deck so we talked a bit last week about the indonesia and malaysia regional league tournaments of course kiram dominating in indonesia alongside mew both of those decks making up pretty much all of their top cut and then in Malaysia, Hisui and Zoark V-Star kind of being a little bit of a surprise. Did win the event, also had two other players making top cut with it. Do you think that players going to Warsaw will take these tournaments into consideration whenever they're picking a deck for this weekend? Uh, for me, I kind of feel like anyone who is a sort of on the fence about Zoark, like they enjoy the deck, but maybe don't have the confidence to take it into a big tournament can look at those results from Malaysia and say, okay, this does potentially have the legs in the right meta to make a deep run through an event. Obviously, it did just win that tournament. So I think like there's a chance that Zoark will breed some confidence into the players who enjoy that deck. But other than that, I don't know. Like, I mean, Kiram winning Indonesia, I don't think should have a big impact because I think everyone kind of recognizes Kiram's going to be a pretty played deck regardless, right? Yeah. So I could see the, yeah, they, they were pretty, I feel like pretty wonky results overall from what we've seen so far. Um, and the tournaments were smaller and uh, 
uh, best of one, which I think does impact like results from tournaments being best of one. There's like less chance for, I mean, just it's just a higher chance for just stuff that wouldn't like the more the more the more rounds you have in a tournament, the more games that are played from certain players um, or from players in general. Like the better decks and better players will usually rise to the top because of that. So three Zork in top eight, I think that's a little bit of an anomaly. Um, and even the result, like Kiram winning isn't that big of a deal. Two Kiram in top top uh, finals isn't even that weird. But like four Kiram, or is it three Kiram and four Mew in top yeah, cut? Yeah. That felt a little weird as well. <laughs> so I think both those tournaments just being smaller tournaments and best of one, like this is going to have an impact on results a little bit. So I don't think anyone's looking too deeply into the results. Although I do think, like I think like you said, like three Zork in top eight, I think will instill, could definitely instill some confidence in the in the Zorark mains of the world to maybe try and, you know, relook at it or just you know, give them the confidence to bring the bring the deck to uh to Warsaw. And I do think Zorark is like pretty solid overall. I feel like I've said that like every single time we talk about Zorark. It does have bad matchups where it's like you could be playing something like a Giratina or a Palkia or even Mew that don't really have any terrible matchups. Um or you could play a little bit more polarizing of a pick, something like the Zorark and and hope to draw and run a little bit hot. So it's always a viable option. <clears throat> Yeah, we'll see. Maybe someone will feel a little confident with the Zoark now after seeing it win. So maybe it'll make a run in Warsaw this weekend. Yeah. I mean, I would be hyped if it made a... That'd be cool if it made top, yeah, uh, top sure. eight or whatever. Always down to see something like that. Um, now let's talk a little bit about Palkia. We kind of identified it as still the best deck in the format to start things off. Even though it hasn't been the most played, it's still the the kind of the meta-defining deck. Everyone recognizes it as, I think, the highest power level. It feels like uh, just it, and once it sets up, just the fact that you can do so much with it is uh, really strong. But there's been a ton of different ways that people are playing it. I would say like much more differently than even most top decks in the past. Like usually it feels like there's like a 56, 57 card list that everyone goes by uh, and bases their list off of with a couple of changes here and there for whatever the best deck is. For yep. Palkia's case, though, it almost feels like a 50-card <laughs> uh, printout to, like, this is, like, the 50 cards you should play. And then there's, like, 10 spots where you could make changes and adjustments. And I think that's in part due to how strong Intellion and Irida are together. Um, but I'm curious, Azul, what some of your thoughts are on some of these best inclusions for these last few spots. So starting with the Pokemon... Some of these, like, obviously every Palkia is going to be playing at least 3-3 three, three Palkia. They're going to be playing at least a 3-3-1 three, three, Intellion line. Some people don't play the 4th Sobble. Probably worth playing 4th Sobble in my opinion, but uh, some of these other Pokemon that people have had in their decks. We've seen Drapion V, Crabomitable V, Empoleon V, Quick Shooting Intellion, Galarian Zigzagoon, and Crobat. Do you have kind of a, one or two favorite ones that you think you would include or maybe a couple that you think you definitely would not worry about playing as the format closes out here? Yeah, I can hear, <laughs> before I talk about that, I can hear Bradner typing up a tweet right now. No, actually, there's only 58 cards that are optimal and you can maybe adjust two depending <laughs> on the meta. <laughs> uh, but as far, and I think the biggest, like I will say, like I think the biggest thing where you, you do look at like, and I think this has kind of just come around recently where we start to see the, the more quick ball based build that we saw, uh, Fabian make top eight with at uh at Lil, where that's like the biggest like the biggest shift in card count uh, or card adjustment count where it's like instead of playing four four vip pass you're looking at four quick ball and a crowbat to kind of be your you know extra consistency throughout a game instead of trying to look for those more explosive starts through the battle vip pass all the time so that's like kind of the biggest adjustment but as far as the pokemon goes like i said a drapion not a huge fan of crabominable also not a huge fan of unless I mean, there was three Mewtwo v Union in day two, and Sander 
is I th- as far as I know, Sanders going to Warsaw. So until <laughs> Sanders says otherwise, assume Sanders at Warsaw. There will probably be another. There will probably be at least one YouTube union in the room, unless they've come up with something else. Um, so Abominable has more value if you play in Europe consistently. I feel like so, but overall, I'm not a huge fan of Abominable and Polia. Not a huge fan. Um, quick tuning, I really like, and actually something interesting that has happened recently is like if we look at specifically the two top eight lists from Lil, neither of them played Zigzagoon, neither um, uh, Owen or I believe it was Owen, right? Owen and Fabian, neither of them played Zigzagoon, which had be kind of become a staple in the deck. I feel like for a while over quick shooting, and initially, you know. When the podcast first came out, I was definitely a big fan of Zigzagoon over quick shooting, but I feel like maybe the format has kind of just like slowed down a little bit. You're not as concerned with like turn two KO a V and your opponent's active anymore. And it's more so like, okay, I have time to get to my quick shooting before I need that extra ping damage. Um, and of course, if you, I mean, there's an argument about three Sobble versus four Sobble, but I think if you play quick shooting, you should definitely play four Sobble. Um, besides that, if you don't play the quick shooting, I guess you can make an argument for three Sobble, but I'm a big fan of four. And then, yeah, the, the last thing would be the Crobat, which I think if you play the heavy quick ball build, you have to play. Um, yeah. But if you play the four VIP pass, I'm a little bit untested in that, so I'm not sure. But do you have any uh, thoughts on the, the optimal tech poke to bring, Chip? I, I think I do definitely like the Crobat the most of them and lean towards playing the two to the three, at least two, probably like three minimum copies of quick ball um just because i feel like that's where palkius falls short most often is just in that early game setup and crobat lets you reach quite a bit more um yeah it's just about getting established the quick shooting intelligent i'm actually a little bit more iffy on just for the sole reason of how impactful it is to give up access to shady dealings intelligent right because if you're using Drizzile to evolve into Quick Shooting Intellion, that means you can't evolve it into Shady Dealings Intellion that turn. And that's one of the most important cards, arguably the most important card of the deck, to be honest. Um, yeah, so I think that's where like an argument for like another card to talk about would be Break Candy. Was like if you yeah. play the Break Candy, like that makes it like that that makes Quick Shooting more consistent and more powerful, especially when you only get down like a couple Sobble in the early game. Sure. It's really hard or almost impossible to commit one of those Sobbles or Drizziles to a Quick Shooting, right? Like right. sometimes you're just like, well, I have to make this a Drizzile and a Shady Dealings Intellion. I can't get the Quick Shooting play to start to build up damage on a specific Pokemon for a play at all. But where Candy enables it a little bit more aggressively to have like the option of both sooner. So a couple supporters that we've seen kind of make their way in and out of lists have been Leon and Raihan. I think other than that, the four Irida, one Melanie, one Boss, one Roxanne, like that has been pretty standard. I don't think sometimes a Marnie deviated. Oh yeah, and a Marnie as well. Yeah, Marnie has. That's not even almost kind of become a staple at this point. It feels like just having that other disruption option that's not just Roxanne feels like most people have really been on that. Um, but Leon and Raihan, we've seen in lists here and there. Some people playing neither of them. Some people playing one. Uh, we've also seen second Melanie pop up. I think Fabian had two Melanie in his list that he got um, top eight with in France. So Leon or Raihan, do you have a preference on which one of those you feel like is stronger? I kind of don't dislike the Leon at all just because of how – I've talked about this before on the cast um, just because of – giving you that extra push and surprise factor, right? Especially yeah. if you have other damage modifiers like Choice Belt, Echoing Horn being a damage modifier since it adds 20 damage effectively with a bringing a Pokemon back out of your opponent's discard pile, Zigzagoon, or Quick Shooting. Like, you can boost 70 to 90 damage and surprise your opponent pretty reasonably with, with the Leon. So I don't like Leon um, because I feel like 
I would rather. So there's a bunch of different ways you can do extra damage, right? Echoing Horn, Zigzagoon, uh, Scoop Up Natural Reset, Zigzagoon. It's more damage. Yeah, but I would rather play something like the Zigzagoon or another Scoop Up Net well, or I'm a Rare Candy. In addition. Maybe the Rare Candy. You yeah, can't I can play all that. of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I think that's, it's why, some, that's it's... why these people play one Quick Ball in their deck. <laughs> <laughs> so they can have room for their Leon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so I don't think you have room for all of it. So I'd right. rather play any of those other things first because they're more versatile, right? Rare Candy can get on my Quick Shooting sooner, which becomes plus 20 damage, which is would maybe replace the Leon. But it can also Rare Candy out my Shady Dealings and Teleon and stuff like that, right? So I'd rather play another Scoop Up Net or the Zigzagoon or or the Quick Shooting to begin with or a Candy to get out the Quick Shooting more efficiently, um, anything like that. So I can just like, you know, it's more flexible than just Leon, which is like I have to have this already huge setup uh, ready to go and be able to play Leon as my supporter for the turn and lead to that me lead lead that to me winning a game um, as opposed to just you know playing something a little more flexible. So I'd rather play any of those over over Leon. The Raihan I actually kind of like, but I don't know if it's better than Second Melanie. If you are looking for another supporter that can get energy into play, uh, is Raihan better than Melanie? The one play you can pull off with it is you can pull off those back to back Greninja plays. So like if you use Greninja, your opponent's like, well, the Greninja has been used. I don't have to worry about it. They go boss KO Apalkia. Then you can be like, okay, Raihan to my Greninja. Use Greninja again. So there's like that sneaky play that you gain from playing Raihan. Doesn't come up too often. Yeah, like what um, matchup is that even great against, right? Lost Zone. Lost Zone decks like Tina. I guess. So like they have to have multiple. The thing with Tina as well is like they have to have multiple comfy in play, which is hard yeah. to do uh, after two have already been KO'd, right? So if you've Sometimes done... mirror match, if they don't get their mana feed down, yeah, like you use the first one, they're like... They don't want to go KO your Greninja, and they're like, all right, I'm going to ignore this. And that's one of the things. It's definitely a tech where it's like, it works the first time, but game two, game three, you're not getting the value out of it. So it depends. Like, do you even want to play another energy acceleration supporter? If you identify you do, which, like, in my testing with Palkia is limited, so I don't even know if you do. Like, the one Melanie might just be enough. You do want to play another energy acceleration supporter. Is the Raihan better than the second Melanie becomes the question, right? And it also could just be Palpad in that three. spot, too, right? Because Palpad could get you the second Melanie, and it also can reuse Boss or reuse Marnie or something like yeah. that, right? Palpad's been a card that has been popular in Palkia in the past, and it's really not been in any lists in this format, I feel yeah. like. So that's a, a card that's really fallen out of favor that maybe if you're looking for another spot, that's something to consider as well instead of one of these other cards. Uh, you mentioned a couple of items already being one, the main one, I guess being the rare candy, which you seem to be definitely a fan of. There's a few other item cards that people have uh, been teching in and out. We've seen canceling cologne pop up. Um, also big charm has become much more popular. I think in part due to how popular Reggie and Giratina have been. Um, so, you know, big charms a pretty good card in both of those matchups. And also the Battle VIP pass count, something that has been a little debated. It feels like most people are currently on the four VIP pass, but, you know, Fabian did just get top eight with the one VIP pass. So I don't know. I, I think like playing the one less VIP pass does obviously create plenty more space, um, makes it easier to play something like the Crobat for sure, right? And you play more quick balls. But yeah. it, I mean, the, it feels so bad to rely on VIP pass because if you play four and then just don't get one on turn one going first, it's just you're playing a 56-card deck with four clunky yeah. <laughs> cards that do nothing in them. But if you go first or go second even and you get one or two VIP pass, like your game, you just know you're going to be cruising, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like one of those things where I haven't really tested a whole ton to not play the four VIP pass. And then, like, you don't gain that much space because, like, 
you do have to play four quick ball, right? And then we even see Fabian play to capture energy as well. So, yeah. um, I mean, you're already like playing two to three quick ball plus the four VIP pass to begin with. So you do gain a little bit of space. Um, and yeah, you just don't have as many of those games where you just have dead cards in your deck or you don't get a turn one and you literally can't use it anymore. So whenever you top deck one or draw one off a prize card, it's not like a completely dead card and you have options and outside of it. So, uh, and we saw, saw we saw Fabian do very well with it. I think Robin had a problem was playing the, oh no, I think Robin was actually playing the four VIP pass list actually. So I take that back. <clears throat> Still was playing the the Lost Cities, which is the next thing we'll talk about stadiums in here. But I don't know. I would have to like play it more. I think there is like definitely some validity to it, but I, I'm just not a pocket player, so I don't know how much uh, <laughs> how much I care about one way or the other. But just the VIP passes has definitely been the the go to, and it, the results are there for it as well. So it's hard to argue against the the four VIP pass. Yeah, and speaking of the stadiums in Fabian's list, he had the the two lost city and the one path to the peak. I know at uh, I think it was Salt Lake. Bradner posted his list, and he had two paths to the peak with the one training court. It feels like the standard has been one path, one training court. Lost City has made its way into more and more lists, though, as the format has continued to develop. Do you have any strong opinions about Lost City being good? You know, playing two copies, maybe over one, or, you know, losing access to Training Court, which to me, Training Court has always been one of the stronger cards in the deck. Yeah, and maybe that's why Fabian went with the second Melanie, right? Like, no Training Court. Like, usually you play around training court as if you're going to get one access to it and it becomes an extra energy plus it's a bump to a path to the peak so the melanie gets you that extra energy so that just might be the uh the trade-off there from uh from fabian but i guess also another thing to mention is sometimes people play no path to the peak and we saw yeah, owen no playing no path i definitely like a path to the peak personally i think it's a pretty big deal in the um in the mew matchup like i think it's a big if you're not going to play drapion i think you basically have to play path to the peak to have like a consistent mew matchup um, and then it has its uh, uses in the late game or even early game against Giratina as well. Because they don't play a bunch of ways to bump stadiums, but they're very reliant on Greninja to constantly be able to see cards. Um, and Luminian can be a pretty big way for them to, you know, find, you know, their col- their first Colrus or any Colrus. So I like it a lot. I like the path a lot. Um, and the cities, I think, I mean, they're good. If you're trying to beat uh, Reggie, really good against that. Really good in Sablesard as well. Because a lot of times Sablesard is reliant on using Charizard twice. So if you just lost City, KO their Charizard, they can just lose. Or if they like lost City a couple Sableyes or like a Sableye early, and then you start to lost City, their Sableyes, yeah. uh, the same thing. They just like run out of attackers potentially. So it's yeah. got some pretty good matchups, and you can be like situationally good up against the um, uh, Giratina deck as well. Like if they want to reuse their Sableye or Cram or whatever it might be, you can lost City, get rid of that. So a little bit less situation, a little bit less good, but it's really good against uh, really good against Reggie if you're trying to beat Reggie, and then really good against. Uh, Lost box. So I think there's some validity just depending on what's the what's popular in the meta. So I think it is just definitely kind of like a, a meta call for sure. Well, that's enough about Palkia. Yeah. You uh, you did mention the Reggies, and obviously you are someone who's very experienced with Reggies mm-hmm. in this format. It's been absent from these last few tournaments. Top cuts. Do you have any thoughts as to like specific reasons as why you don't think it was in Top Cut and Lil or Malaysia or Indonesia? And do you think, I mean, because obviously in Salt Lake, there was four in Top Cut, right? So yeah. <laughs> that's a, it's a pretty big difference to go from half of Top Cut to absent from three Top Cuts in a row. Do you think Reggie's is due for a resurgence this weekend? Was it getting countered too hard, maybe? What do you think? I mean, yeah, we saw like Lil, like, you know, I, like I mentioned, Fabian, Double Lost City. Yeah. Uh, like I, said, I think Robin was playing Double Lost City as well. So like there was some... Uh, some people having some techs that were very good against Reggie. Um, but I think it still probably would have been a solid play overall. And it, th- I think if I was going to Warsaw, I actually tweeted this out last night. If I was going to Warsaw, I would play, I would play Reggie's. I don't know the exact 60 I would play, 
Um, probably wouldn't attack for SQ. I don't think anyone's going to be bringing SQ anymore. I think people are over that. So I would be playing Reggie um, probably for sure. Um, I think it's still a very good deck. I think it's just, it's, it, like I said, it has like a, like I mentioned last week, I think, like it just has a, uh, a stigma about it of it just being not a good deck uh, or an inconsistent clunky deck. Um, I think a lot of that is just people not knowing how to, you know, play it properly, of course. So that's going to be the same thing with any deck um, of, uh, along the way. But some decks are a little bit easier to at least do something on your turn. Uh, whereas when Reggie, when you whiff an attack because you miss sequence, you just did absolutely nothing. So <laughs> it feels worse when you mess up with Reggie than mm -hmm. some other decks, I guess. But uh, yeah, still very strong deck. I think it's been, I wouldn't say criminally underplayed, but I think it's definitely underplayed for how good it is. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it did very well at Warsaw. I don't think, and I also don't think me saying this is going to have everyone putting Napoleons and SQs and Lost Cities in their deck. So sure. if you want to bring it, don't worry about me mentioning it to be a reason to not bring it. I don't think anyone's that stressed about Reggie. So this will uh, this will uh, do very well if you play the Reggie. So do you think that potentially Malaysia and Indonesia being best of one tournaments had an impact on players' desire to bring Reggie? Because I think even you've talked about before how Reggie's a deck that kind of enjoys having that best of three option. So if you do have a clunky hand with a couple ordinary rods or like you just don't get much going early on, uh, miss an attack on a key turn, like you have two more games to kind of bounce back, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that that best of one might be a reason to is is it might be a reason for its lack of success and also just reason people didn't bring it. Yeah, because I definitely feel like it is a little bit stronger in a best of out of three because you are bricking, I don't know, one of every I want to say one of every three games or maybe roughly like one of every three games. Um, you are probably drawing a pretty bad, like straight up bricking or destroying poorly enough where like you need your opponent to kind of be drawing a little bit poorly alongside you to have a chance in it, which does sometimes happen. Sometimes you're bricking, but they're bricking, so it's fine. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely say that's probably a pretty solid reason for it and the then like, one is probably the biggest thing the other main single prize deck in the format uh what is the sableye radiant charizard deck the cramorants as well yeah um hasn't really been as popular it won the first regionals in peoria and it's just pretty much not been present in any of the top cuts since then i don't think right so yeah, a uh, um, little bit of a question mark there, maybe, or I mean, especially because before Peoria online events, it was just dominating. It was like the top best deck. Um, and I think maybe a reason for why it was dominating so early is because, you know, I think people just naturally enjoy playing on uh, single prize decks, right? It mm -hmm. kind of feels like good old fashioned Pokemon, maybe, or uh, and spread <laughs> decks as well is something that people love to play. So these things, I think, maybe all led to it being so popular online, and it was just good, and it utilized the new Lost Zone cards, which people were excited about, and nobody had a great Giratina list yet. I think that might be the biggest factor as to why Sableye was so successful because it, but th that list got uh, optimized much quicker than Giratina lists got optimized. I feel like. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. It just yeah, it was like it wasn't even that popular at Peoria as well, right? Like no, Sable's Art no. wasn't like it was. Popular. It was like in the top. No, it was like in the top five, I think. But like it wasn't. It was everyone like, expected it to be the most popular deck, and it was like yeah. fourth or fifth. So yeah, definitely <laughs> yeah. not nearly as popular as you would have thought. And I think that'll probably be the same. It'll be in that, but it'll be like it'll be like a, even if it's like the fifth most popular, because like what we saw at Peoria, it was like Kieran was way more popular than everything else, and then it was like. Uh, Tina Mew, Palkia, 100 plus, 100 plus, 100 plus. And then it was like Sablezard, 60, right? Which is a pretty big drop off. And I think it'll still sit in that kind of spot. I think it's still a very powerful deck, very good deck. Um, it is the hardest deck to play in the format, I think. 
Um, so I think that's a little bit intimidating for some players to want to pick it up. Uh, and I think that is probably a reasonable reason why a lot of players probably shouldn't pick it up, especially this close to the tournament, if you haven't played a lot with it. Uh, but if it is your favorite deck or you enjoy the deck, I would say, yes, it's definitely still a very solid play. I don't think there's really going to be too much to worry about as far as like bad matchups go. Maybe the Lost Cities in the Palkias would be annoying if more people pick that up. But like, I don't think Gudra or anything is going to be popular enough, which is like talking about Gudra. Like, where did Gudra go? It won Salt Lake City. Yeah. That's it's it. Gone. And that is a did, Peace is out. It, it, I think the deck is solid. I don't know how powerful I think the deck is overall, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this is it. No more Gudra. <laughs> Gudra's done. Yeah. Speaking of which, Arceus decks, Gudra kind of being at the front of that conversation, I would say right now. Arceus Giratina, yeah. also still a played deck. And then also, um, I guess the other one would be Arceus Flying Pikachu stuff, which was able to get second place at Salt Lake City. Was Salt Lake City just a, an anomaly? Gudra uh, dude, and I think a, Americans just love Arceus, I guess. You know, like Arce, Arceus won all of our regionals up until Piper won with Baltimore, in Baltimore. Did it with, really? Did it win every North American event? Yeah. Yeah, it won every single North American regionals and NAIC. You won with that as well. Oh, my god! Yeah, because the first one was Drew with Arceus Gengar. And then... Um, what was after that? Like Indianapolis or something? Yeah, so that was Ian. Ian with his uh, Arceus deck. New and Jersey then... was won by Arceus B-Barrel. Then Parker won with Arceus Hammers. Hammers and, and then, then Arceus uh, Duraludon. <laughs> like... Arceus Duraludon. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, Arceus <laughs> won all the North American regionals last season and NAIC. And then Piper yeah. won, Tord won, both with Radiant Charizard decks. Obviously, both very different. Yeah. And so Arceus was like, oh, is it dead and gone? Nope. Both of them in the finals in Salt Lake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Arceus was never winning, I think, either of those tournaments, no. the Baltimore or Peoria. But yeah, I guess. But then, yeah, the Arceus, the P and the Guja. I mean, going into Salt Lake, though, you wouldn't have thought it was going to ever win Salt Lake, I think, right? Guja, I wouldn't have. But, like, I wasn't that shocked that Guja did well, especially once there was so much Reggie in day two for it to kind of feast on. Um, but the Arceus Pikachu, that was definitely a surprise to be that far up, I think, for sure. Um, that was a little bit... Uh, yeah, didn't expect it. <laughs> the unexpected. So Gujo if you wasn't had like that to sleeve shot, up, though. if you were going to a tournament, if you're going to Warsaw or maybe a local tournament, whatever, this weekend, and you were like, you know what? I'm American. I've got to play Arceus. <laughs> <laughs> you saying all the Americans that are going to Warsaw are going to play Arceus? Yeah, today? maybe. Maybe they will. The Arceus invasion or something. <laughs> yeah, they got to keep the Arceus. They got to keep the Arceus streak going. They got to prove its dominance. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what, what, I mean, what, probably... what color what, what color energies are you going with this weekend if you're if you're sleeving up in Arceus deck I probably go with Gudra I think um Arceus Peak I've actually played quite a bit more and played in a tournament I wasn't really blown away by by how good the deck was it's like okay um and Arceus Tina I think just has a bad uh Giratina matchup like loss of Giratina so I would go with the Gudra I think which has like a actually I think has a fine Giratina matchup um because like with double parasol and stuff you just make things awkward maybe increase like uh, like if you're looking at Hale's list, increase the Marnie count a little bit for that matchup. Just like Marnie's really good against Lost Zone deck, so increase the Marnie count a little bit. But yeah, I would probably go with the, the Arceus Gudra if I had to rock a Arceus deck. But I also just wouldn't play Arceus. I think <laughs> that would be the first thing. But if for some reason you're locked in on Arceus, go with the goo and keep it sticky in Poland. <laughs> All right, well, so. Uh, that's going to do it for talking about Warsaw Regionals. Uh, good luck to anyone who is going. Uh, don't play Arceus. Uh, and yeah, good luck to all the uh, uh, North American players specifically that are going. It'd be very 
it'd be very cool to see you know some of them get into the top eight and you know yeah you know Tor came over and stole one of our regionals right we gotta go take yeah. one back <laughs> yeah <laughs> we gotta go take one back um next thing we're gonna talk about is the crown zenith 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 right zenith I zenith think. yeah Zenith set that was announced. Um, this is where we're finally going to be getting the. This is what I've been waiting. I was like, when are we going to get these cards? The, the Zacian, the Zamazenta Visa, we're finally getting these, but this is going to be our January set. Um, it's like what, a collector's actually, set, too. It's not like a yeah. full blown set expansion release. Yeah, not going to be like a full blown competitive set. We're going to get some pretty. Uh, uh, impactful cards potentially we're going to be in some v-stars that we've been waiting on for a while like i mentioned the the z's and then we're also going to get like the rodon v-star finally which is taking forever for us to us to get but we're finally getting that as well but um assuming we'll i don't set. think that the rodom is the the rodom's not included in the press announcement all it says is eight pokemon v-star including zashin v-star and zamazenta v-star so i mean assumedly one would be rodom because okay. that's another v-star we haven't gotten yet so i mean, yeah, gotta get it at some sense. point uh, the one thing I'm wondering then, like, because now, because this is coming out, and we'll talk a little bit more about <clears throat> some of these cards. Some of the artwork is very cool as well. I've actually finally gotten to take a look at it. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about this one second. But when are we going to, are we, do you think we're going to get that product that has an EX card in it? Like we always get, like when tag, tag Teams first came out or when VSARS first came out, we always got a product that had the first of a card, oh, a first yeah. of a new card. Do you think we're going to get an EX it was always in January too. We always got it in January. Did we get one for V Stars? Was it Arceus? No. Um, no, what there was not a product for V Stars. But there's, it's not usually for the new game mechanic in the middle of a series, right? So like, what Azul is talking about is like, I mean, the Pokemon TCG kind of operates on the same rotation schedule cycle yeah. as the video games right so like all of the last sets the last couple of years have been sword and shield sets and the new mechanic for sword and shield era was pokemon v and so before sword and shield base set came out we got a promo box that was the meowth v max <laughs> premium collection so it was the very first ever pokemon v so that's what azul's talking about is like yeah yeah before the new set scarlet and violet which is supposedly coming out in february of next year will we get a pokemon ex collection box and i would say probably yeah. so it does not usually happen for like the mid so like we got one okay, for tag teams we, we got one for tag teams <laughs> like the very first tag team was uh waylord and magikarp tag team it came okay. out before the team up expansion which was the first full you know re release of uh, of tag teams but there wasn't one for like ultra beasts right which was the new gameplay mechanic um, there was Ultra Beast collection boxes eventually, but they didn't come out before Crimson Invasion. Um, okay, so sometimes they do it, sometimes they don't. But yeah, so sometimes we're going to get the new, the cool new kind of card in January. Uh, we'll always we we've always gotten it with the uh, base set release. Yeah, the new and series. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes in the middle we'll get one as well. So next January we might get. I don't know, whatever else they decide EX to do with the X's after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> EX squared. EX2. Um, yeah, we'll probably, I mean, this is another thing we'll probably get in January. Like, theoretically, we'll get a EX collection box in January as well, before or after the set. I don't even know when this set is supposed to drop the date-wise, but. Yeah, so this new set will come out uh, January 20th, and it's going to be a collector set similar to like Pokemon Go or Champion's Path, something like that, Shining Legends, one of those type of sets where it's going to be 160 cards and a 70-card um, Galarian Gallery. So instead of the Trainer Gallery, we're going to have the Galarian Gallery. And some more cards from that did get revealed 
most likely, you know, there's this is coming out cards from the V Star Universe set, which just came out in Japan this weekend. Um, and oh no, sorry, they're coming out next month in Japan, excuse me, and they will become part of our Crown Zenith sets. And some of these artworks, by the way, like I'm someone who personally plays low rarity, I know Azul also is someone who plays the low rarity uncommons. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going after the full arts and stuff like that for my decks, but these cards are, are pretty sweet to be honest. Some of this artwork yeah. is absolutely insane. Yeah. I think the cool, one of the cool parts is like the, some of them have, like if you look at the Mewtwo and the Charizard, they're like the same, not the same artwork, but the same battle going on. Um, actually it might be the same just from a different perspective. It's hard to tell. It is the same um, battle, but yeah, a different perspective, most likely, right? Like, yeah. Um, the one that looked really funny to me was the the Samurai. <laughs> There's just a, the Samurai V-Star. You see that one? Uh, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. With the, the snow little run. snow run chilling there why, in the front. Why is there a snow run there? <laughs> what is going on? He's a spooky guy. <laughs> <laughs> Makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> just a snow run there. Um, yeah, the artworks, are, the artworks are definitely sick. Um, and I guess one thing I do want to mention, so none of these are going to be like, we're getting a new Manaphy, uh, artwork, but it's not a reprint. So, um, so that's like an impactful card or like the Diancie, we're getting a new Diancie artwork, but they're all still in the F block. I don't have we gone to another block yet. Actually, I don't even know. No. So, um, uh, uh, most likely, um, G block would start with sword and shield base set. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So these are still F. So like, they're not going to be, so they like kind extended. of always try to pair it with gameplay mechanics or like with the, the, you know, yeah. And so like the D block was the first few sword and shield sets and then battle styles introduced rapid strike and single start and single strike. Yeah, so it'll be the, the February set right. will always be the new, the new block. Was, and then okay, V okay, stars came out and that is like, yep. was the next block. So yeah, our February set or early, you know, early of the year set. Sometimes it's been in January, sometimes February. Um, so a lot of a lot of this is going to be uh you know the artwork type stuff you know there's supposed to be three radiant pokemon radiant charizard uh we think it's just going to be a reprint yeah it it is it is it's it's weird Uh, because it says in the press release three brand new radiant pokemon including radiant charizard but just like right after that announcement came out came the announcement showing um this new artwork of Radiant Charizard, which is the exact same text and ability and everything as, as our current Radiant Charizard. So I don't think that we're going to get a third <laughs> Radiant Charizard. I don't know. They love, they know Charizard it's makes possible. them money. So who knows? <laughs> I mean, I would like that just because I could get a new card. We're also supposed to get a Radiant Charger Bug and a Radiant Eternatus, which will be new and have new Radiant effects. And I love the Radiant Pokemon personally, so I'm excited for those. Uh, and Chip was saying we haven't gotten a Lightning or a Dragon Radiant Pokemon yet. That's so right. Charger Bug probably going to be Lightning. Uh, and then I guess the yeah the Eternatus could be a dragon, radiant Pokemon right? Yeah, which would be really cool. We haven't had a a dragon one, and I do think it is interesting that it is radiant Chargebug and not a radiant Vikavolt. That is the first Pokemon that's not like its fully evolved form. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess besides Eevee, Eevee would be the exception there. Yeah. But you know, Eevee's kind of a special case. But every other Pokemon is like its final form, um, or it's just a basic that doesn't evolve, like Holutra or Heatran. So interesting that it's going to be Charger Bug, but most of the charge, like for some reason, they just love Charger Bug. Charger Bug always has like kind of something <laughs> cool going on with it, like a unique ability or something like that, right? Yeah, big Charger Bug fans over there, which I'm I'm glad they're giving like love to like Pokemon in that kind of way as well. So yeah, I'm excited for the some new Radiance for sure, and I, hopefully the Charizard is a new one. But it sounds like it is just going to be a different artwork yeah, of our, so. which which makes sense because they love printing more Charizards of 
different Charizards, same Charizards, whatever. So we talked about uh, Zacian and Zamazenta V-Star when they got revealed, but I don't think we ever really talked much about Rotom V-Star. And assuming that it comes out in Crown Zenith, I think Rotom V-Star, it did get top eight at the Japan Champions League earlier on this year the list never got posted so it's still uh kind of a mystery exactly what was going on there i do believe it got streamed though so maybe uh, a detective could go in and try to (laughs) piece together that exact list but you were telling me that you were actually playing recently um on stream or whatever with just the regular rotom v the the most recent one and how rotom v star just kind of is a a buff to that do you want to talk about your thoughts on you know the potential for a card like this so rotom v actually wasn't terrible um when i played it and that's without the v-star actually it's kind of curious because like and hopefully this is just like uh this is kind of the end of this block in this uh era or whatever this block of pokemon where we have a little bit of more of a desync with the japanese format but it seems like if we are supposed to rotate with the release of the first ex set that we're going to be in sync with japan from there on out but hopefully they also sync up all the cards that are legal in japan with us at the same time even if the products are different right like they've had rotom v-star legal in japan for a while now right um yes but even if they sync up our rotations they should also sync up when the cards are legal as well right so hopefully stuff like this rotom will be released to us pretty uh, pretty much around the same time it's released in japan with all the other cards that are released in japan when they get their rotom hopefully for the future so hopefully maybe this is just like the end of this before we get into the ex stuff they'll start to sync it up better with us in japan if they do intend for us to be on the same kind of rotation schedule as Japan, which is what I assume is what they're trying to do here. Cause usually we have rotation right after worlds and Japan has rotation in January, February. Um, and now our rotation is supposed to be happening early next year. We don't know when that's the only thing they've told us is early next year. So it's either going to be, uh, assumingly it's just going to be with the EX set, right? Yeah. And that's interesting too. I could have sworn that whenever the announcement was made, that it said that rotation was going to be in January. But when I went back and looked at it on the Pokemon website, it actually does say early next year, which I I might just be remembering incorrectly. I'm curious if anyone listening remembers for sure. But like I, for some reason, have a memory that it said January. So I wonder if they've gone back and changed it to say early next year so that rotation would happen when Scarlet Violet Base Set comes out. Uh, Because it could have been kind of interesting if rotation happened in January before Skyward Violet Base set. You know, we lose the early Sword and Shield sets and we're kind of playing just a abbreviated version of this format or like a different version of this format because we're just losing a decent amount of cards. So, yeah, would have been interesting. Yeah, maybe that's how I remember it, too. But I think maybe that was just our assumption was that it probably happened in January. That could be the case. Yeah. Um, but if anyone in the comment section know like remembers it also them saying it was going to rotate in January, let us know uh, in the comment section on the YouTube channel. Did it at one point or did they make an announcement at some point saying that rotation was happening in January? Because if or has rotation it been happened really next year, if it happened in January and then we don't get Scarlet and Violet base set until February, there yeah. are several cards that like have almost always been in standard that would leave the standard format for about a month like switch and energy switch and energy retrieval these are cards that have been out pretty much they've pretty much been standard legal since black and white base set there might have been a format or two where one of these cards was maybe not legal but for the most part they've always been around um and Mm -hmm. even in japan they've already gotten because they got i think it was in the start deck 100s someone commented on one of the youtube videos for the podcast and said this whenever i said that there had not been um uh 
a later than D regulation mark print of like switch and escape or not escape rope switch into like uh, energy retrieval and stuff like that said that in the start deck 100s, they actually did get updated regulation marks for those cards. So we haven't gotten those. Um, oh, so maybe we'll get them in crown Zenith then that might be when we get them. That is possible, right? That is definitely possible. Yeah. That would make sense then if we get them, make sure we still have our switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That card's always been in the form. There's been like a was there a time when Switch wasn't legal? I feel like there was a there time, but it was probably just at some point. But yeah, I think Switch... it was just in America. Like Japan, they probably always had Switch because like we had a period of time where we didn't have a bench barrier Pokemon. But Japan, when Japan's Mew rotated, they immediately got Manaphy. But we had a period of time where we didn't Is have that true? Manaphy. Really? Yeah, they immediately got Manaphy when Mew rotated. Whereas we had a period of time before we could we got Manaphy where we didn't have Mew. Interesting. So, okay. So. I don't know. Yeah, that so those, I think I, don't I think, think there that was timeline lines up exactly. Is that are you sure about that? Did they I'm have? Pre, I'm pretty positive. Okay, because yeah. Manaphy just came out this year. Yeah, but it's at the beginning of the year. And they were they still playing with Sun and Moon cards. Well, they rotated in January, so they okay. would have. That's when Mew rotated, and then they and they got weren't playing Sword Manaphy. and Shield on yet. They were still playing with Sun and Moon cards at the start of yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And that's why that's why that's why it comes back to the, hopefully that they because the game is built for Japan's format. It is not built for whenever our format is different from Japan. We're not playing the way yeah. the Pokemon TCG is supposed to be played from the creators of the cards. They're creating it for the way they play it in Japan. So hopefully, like I said, like hopefully this late rotation from us is them syncing us up with Japan's card releases. Um, so when they have their cards legal with whatever, like when they have their sets legal with other cards, we have the exact same thing, and then we rotate at the same time. When they would rotate, we would rotate. So hopefully that all syncs up eventually. But it kind of makes sense because the game is like supposed to be played the way they play it, right? So yeah. sometimes when I feel like stuff is like overpowered in our formats, it shouldn't be and wouldn't be if we were playing the actual game the way it was supposed to be played, you know? Yeah, and that's one of the you know things that TPCI does. Like the difference we talked about last week between the Pokemon Company and the Pokemon Company International is like TPCI. Yeah comes in and they they try to get us the cards in like a correct order and manner like you know because japan just gets so many more sets than us they get like so many mini yeah. sets but like between their main expansions they have so many mini sets and like collections and things like that products coming out not in sets as well like with the start deck 100s um that we just don't have that happening um so that's one of the things they do is they decide okay these cards are coming out in japan we got to place them into our expansions in the right places and then also like you know placing them in with the correct like regulation marks and all that stuff so i don't know yeah we'll see well it is time i think azul for everyone's favorite segment of the podcast guess that flavor text where every single week azul or i will pick a card read the flavor text and have the other host try to guess which pokemon the other person is uh, is reading. We try to figure out what that flavor text is. Of course, if you um, if you guess correctly, you get four points added to our scoreboard that we keep tally of. But there are three lifelines you can utilize. Each time you use a lifeline, you do lose the chance at one of those points, though. So if you use all three lifelines, you only get one point which I think Azul and I pretty much always <laughs> use all of our lifelines. Uh, but the lifelines, of course, are what set the card is from, what stage the card is, and read an attack name. It is Azul's turn to pick. I think we are tied at 4-4 four yeah, four because tied at four. <laughs> you you almost got it right last week but switched it the That's last so second. so close. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But we're at 4-4 four four points. 
ignore the fact that this is episode 34 and we are terrible <laughs> at this, but it is Azul's turn. You got a card for me, man. I do. Are you ready? Let's do it. <clears throat> the powder that covers its body regulates its temperature so it can live in any region or climate. Um, okay. I think <laughs> that this is definitely an ice-type Pokemon is what I'm leaning towards, so like a water-type in the TCG. My first thought was... I don't know if it's just because we were talking about this Pokemon on that Samurai card, but Snowrunt is a nice type <laughs> Pokemon, so that was one of the things I thought of. The other one, because you said something about regions, I do think about Alolan Vulpix, um, because it is present in the Kanto region, but it's a different form in the Alola region. It's the Alolan form, so it uses the powder to... Um, to, you know, adjust to the to the necessary climates yeah. of the different regions, I should say. And uh, Powder Snow is, I think, a, a attack that Alolan Vulpix uses. And we do have the Alolan Vulpix V-Star coming out in this set. So maybe as a Pokemon that was been on Azul's mind. Can you read the flavor text for me one more time? Yeah. Uh, the powder that covers its body regulates its temperature so it can live in any region or climate. I don't know, man. I kind of just want to go for the four-pointer. I'm not like that. That's a pretty confident. good analysis, though, to be honest. Like, it's a pretty good analysis of the analysis of the. See, now I think you're text. trying to get me to commit <laughs> on something that's not the truth. So just I'm gonna good... use it. I'm gonna use at least one lifeline. All right, go I'm ahead. I'm gonna use at least one lifeline. I'm gonna go with what set the card is from because i think i should be able to remember most of the alolan vulpixes um i i forget what set this is oh my i just gosh. like I, I have the symbol hold up <laughs> just look it up on pkm and cards it'll tell you what the set is oh sh yeah that's true um i think i found it though let me see <clears throat> is this right why is my do you want maybe you just describe the set symbol? Maybe that instead of what set it's from, have the the other guest describe. Okay, the I got set it. Symbol. I got it. I was right. It's battle styles. That's what I thought it was, but I just wanted All to right. confirm. I'm. Dang it! I think there's a regular Vulpix in battle styles. I don't think it's in a Lolan Vulpix. Dang it! What stage is the card? I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna probably need to use more lifelines. It's a basic. And get, I, I'm just going with all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I was confident. I. I know there has been an Alolan Vulpix this generation. Of course, we're getting the V-Star. But for some reason, I want to say there's a regular Vulpix in Battle Styles. I'm going to have you read an attack name. And if you say Powder Snow, I'm just going to cry. <laughs> it's Surprise Attack. Surprise Attack. That doesn't sound like a Vulpix attack, to be honest. No, not really. Uh, Battle Styles... I'm just going to go. I, I don't know what else I, I could change to at this point. I'm going to go with Alolan Vulpix. It is not Alolan Vulpix. It is <coughs> Scatterbug. Scatterbug? I was yeah. not ever getting that. Wait, did I not give you a Scatterbug? I gave you some other bug. Maybe Blipbug. No, you gave me a Blipbug. That's what it was. Yeah, I, gave you the, I guess I'm giving you all the bugs. Scatterbug. Um, but yeah, Scatterbug, not Alolan Vulpix. Nice try, Chip. We'll maybe get him next time. Probably not. Yeah, I just like uh <laughs> I knew there was like no way you're I was like either this is gonna be a four pointer or a zero pointer. Is it like, either you've a read this before 
or just like new. How is this ever a four pointer? Who even remembers you just that this? Know. Who remembers that this Pokemon even exists, Azul? <laughs> Scatterbug. Yeah, is it gonna be a four pointer or a zero pointer? Either you've already read this flavor text before for some reason, and you're just like, oh, that's Scatterbug. Um, or it's going to be a zero pointer. Do you anticipate me just sitting in my room in my spare time and scrolling through reading flavor texts? No, but you've opened packs, so like maybe you just opened the Battle Styles pack. You know, and like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Scatterbug>. uh, <laughs> yeah, I did not get it this week, unfortunately. But let us know down in the comments. Maybe you were more fortunate than me. Did you also no get way, stuck on the... One. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. That is definitely a tough one. No shot. Anyone mm-hmm. got that. I still think the hardest one that we've ever done was the Morgrim that I gave you like really early on. <laughs> I just remember Joe Bernard, who we've had on the cast before. Uh, he listens to the podcast as well. And he was telling me, he told me at EUIC when I saw him that Morgrim was a vile pick. <laughs> <laughs> vile like, who's going to pick? Who is ever going to remember that this Pokemon exists? <laughs> no one just same thing with Scatterbug. Uh, but yeah, moving on. Up next, we're going to talk about some Silver Tempest. So we haven't played much with the cards at all. I've done very little testing with the new set. Um, I'm sure Chip hasn't done very much either, but we still got some thoughts on some of the cards. Um, so we're going to talk about a couple of them today. Go ahead, Chip. Pick. Uh, what is your favorite card coming out of Silver Tempest? And the ones favorite. that we uh, kind of listed. Out of the ones we, out of the ones we kind of made that list about. What is what is out of those? Which one are you most excited for? Um. I mean, I'm not going to say Lugia because that's just like the cop-out answer, obviously. Yeah. I think one that I'm definitely excited for – I'm just going to scroll through real quick, make sure I don't miss anything. There's definitely a bunch that I want to try out, so I don't know what I'm most excited for. I definitely want to try out um, Chestnut V. I don't think it's like amazing, obviously, but it reminds me of the um, – what's it called like the the one solo pokemon stall decks that have been popular before like the yeah. um the stone journers and the dracozolts and all those things sorry that's what i was <laughs> was getting to uh now it's not like a solo pokemon that you leave just one in play yeah. but you get four chestnuts in play every time your opponent attacks into it they take 12 damage counters and you can give it a decent amount of hp it's got 230 you can put the Cape of Toughness on it, boosted up to that 280 mark. And, you know, there's a little bit of potential with the healing as well. The Radiant Serena that's coming out in this set could be an option to just heal 20 damage every single turn passively. I think this card is honestly pretty decent and could see play in some sort of tanky deck at some point. Maybe takes the place of Radiant Gardevoir in some decks as well. You know, I mean, I wonder if this is ever better than Radiant Gardevoir um and certain things like that but yeah that i don't think that chestnut's something i'm the most excited for but it's definitely one i'm going to try out mm-hmm. i don't think it's amazing three grass and a colorless for the attack requirements we've got gardenia's vigor which is a decent card uh that hasn't really ever had a place so maybe give it a try with this see if, see if we see if we can work <laughs> something out see if we can uh you know make some people try to do weird things because they're scared of attacking into a chestnut yeah, uh, the chestnut. Actually, I didn't realize its ability worked that way. So now I'm actually a little bit more excited to give that one a shot for sure. Um, I also never really know, knew what chestnut looked like. And now <laughs> that I look at this card, I have a better idea, but I wish I hadn't known. Uh, <laughs> what Chestnut's is like a cool a... guy. I chose ch- I chose chestnut when I played through X and Y. That was my, my starter. Uh, what, that's a cool guy, right? He's a cool guy. Come on, man. You know, he's 
He's got. It looks kind of like a mole. A spiky shell. That's kind of like, like his thing. Yeah. So chestnut, not the thing. Uh, but another ca card with a cool ability that I think this is the deck I'm most excited to try. It's probably the first deck I'll play when the set releases on PTCGO. Uh, also, it needs very little, which will make it pretty easy to put together. Is Radiant Jirachi. Um, the Radiant Jirachi for two colorless energy. Flip a coin or flip two coins. If both are heads, your opponent's Pokemon is knocked out. If either are tails, you do nothing. Uh, so you're going to combo that with Glimwood Tangle, of course. And we have had a Cleaver with the exact same attack before. Um, but uh, there's so many cards in this set. I'm trying ability, to scroll down to the Jirachi. Yeah. I'm just like constantly sc scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> the ability on the Jirachi says when it gets KO'd, um, you search your deck for any three cards. So yes. like you attach your twin energy to your Jirachi, you use the attack. Let's say you get double heads, you knock them out, they come up, they knock you out. And then you search your deck with its ability to get rescue carrier, twin energy, plus one cards. So you get plus one every single time. If they replace your Glimwood, you get that. Um, the question is just what else are you going to play this with? Probably with Slowpoke, right? You'll probably play a Slowbro line to close out the game more consistently at the late game. Yeah. Um, but there's like theoretically so much room in this deck, you can literally play anything. Yeah, maybe um, this is, like, goes with like a, a Zork box type deck, right? Like a yeah, yeah, like a, a Zork, you know, Wormadam or something like that. Um, and obviously that works great with, with Slowpoke. Yeah, I mean, it's the type of card, it's a one-card inclusion because it's a Radiant Pokemon. You can only play one. You can chain it together constantly, like Azul said. And worst case scenario, you can just use its ability when it gets KO'd to go set something up, right? Even if you're not resetting this up, you can just set whatever else you want to do in your deck up, and your opponent can't disrupt it with something like Marnie. It does get disrupted by Path to the Peak, which is maybe a little bit of a bummer, <laughs> but... Um, yeah. But Even then, if you're playing, like, B-Barrel or something, you could... You could theoretically just draw back into the pieces for yes. it and then another Glimwood. And if you ever get the 25% flip two coins, like you're going to get pretty far ahead in a single prize deck like this. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's pretty cool as well. Um, I'm going to try it out at some point too. I think Zork probably is the thing that just makes the most sense with it though as well. Yeah, Zork, and then you can like yeah, play B barrels and and Slowbro because yeah, the Slowbro at the end of the game when your opponent gets down to one prize card, instead of having to flip for your last two prize cards, or if they have a single prize Pokemon in the active, you just Slowbro to draw your last two with the uh, Twilight Inspiration or whatever. So that'd probably be the uh, the combo to go with it for sure. But uh, yeah, no, that's the one I'm probably most excited to try out. Another one I'm interested to see if there's a spot for it is the Rapidash. Its ability is really strong. Very reminiscent of the Volcanian EX, which was a meta deck for pretty much as long as it was in the format. You played a decent amount of Volcanian as well whenever yeah. that was around, but its ability heat boost. Once during your turn, you may discard a fire energy from your hand. If you do, until the end of your turn, the attacks of your fire Pokemon do 30 more damage to your opponent's active Pokemon. And... So this is only as good as the fire Pokemon that you have available in the format, right? One of the best ones being Radiant Charizard. So this plus yep. the heat boost gets you to the 280. With a choice belt, now you're doing 310. So that's enough to knock out something like the Mew VMAX, which 310 was not a number you could hit before this. And it does stack, so you can use multiple Rapidash. The problem with it, though, is that it's a stage one, so it's going to take a little bit longer to set up. The other fire Pokemon in the format, really not the best. The only other ones I could think of would be like Victini VMAX and Centiscorch VMAX. I guess this <laughs> does synergize with Centiscorch, right? Because you discard energy and then get them back into play on the Centiscorch. So there's yeah. something there potentially. Um, this you're probably looking be... at combinant with, uh, I was going to say, Entei and okay, Baby sure. Moltres. I think you could maybe just make a deck that is just like 4 4 Rapid Ash, uh, Radiant Charizard, and 4 Baby Moltres. And then that's it. That's not doing enough. There's no way, bro. Yeah, well, the Baby Moltres hits for 120. 
no, you get doesn't. the boost. Well, how much does it hit for? It's like it's like ninety. Yeah, it's twenty plus oh. seventy more if it has a damage counter on it. Wait, really? Yeah, it's ninety. Oh, that's a little bit rough. Maybe it'd have to be an anti build then. Maybe anti is the way. Yeah. I mean, fire does have other support as well through the magma basin, and this synergizes well with magma basin, right? Because you discard an energy yeah. and then can get it right back into play. Yeah. Um, the fact that it's a state—I mean, this would be insane if it was a basic. Let's just say oh, that it would, it, it would be it's stupid good. So it has to be it's on so an evolution. Good. But then the fact that you put it on an evolution just makes it. Eh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's like the best reaction. Like, it's really yeah. strong ability, but you just got to get multiple of them set up. You got to commit so much deck space to it as well. So we'll see. Yeah, definitely a cool ability. Um, one of the most overhyped cards, I feel like. Well, I guess initially because it was like one of the first cards leaked. It leaked is the Vulpix V Star, um, and I've still been seeing people talk about it still. But it was one of the first leaked cards from the set, um, so that makes sense. But I do overall think that the Vulpix is absolute garbage. Uh, so, <laughs> so it has it's yeah, just two hundred forty HP. You're doing one hundred sixty damage. Just it's just the numbers are just too low. Yeah, so I think that the initial reaction to this card was due in large part to the decks that were really popular at the time, Palkia and Arceus. Palkia V-Star, Arceus V-Star both have abilities, and so if you attack into one of those decks with the Snow Mirage attack, during your opponent's next turn, you prevent all damage done to this Pokemon from Pokemon with abilities. So at first glance, you're like, oh, this could be pretty solid. But then if you just think about it a little bit more, you'll realize... Ooh, Palkia V-Star. It evolves from Palkia V, and Hydro Brick does 200 damage. And with a Choice <laughs> Belt and a Zigzagoon, that's 240, which is enough to knock out a Wolven Vulpix. Arceus yeah. V-Star also has Arceus V, which doesn't have a basic. It's not doing quite as much damage, but it's getting that two-hit KO. Um, and also... Arceus generally, generally plays Path to the Peak, so you yes. shut off your own ability. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If your opponent just puts Path to the Peak in play, they can attack you with their V-Star Pokemon. And obviously, this is just going to get totally run over by Mew VMAX. Um, yeah, I yeah. mean, maybe in the right meta that only had ability Pokemon that don't utilize basic Pokemon that have really strong attacks as well, maybe there's a meta where Alola and Vulpix could exist and do decently. I think it's unlikely as long as it is legal at the same time as Palkia and Arceus, though. Um, or at least Palkia, yeah. I guess, because Palkia is probably just one of these cards that's pretty much always going to be pretty good. Mew VMAX as well, one of those that's always going to be good. So, yeah, Vulpix, I just don't think I don't think the stuff is there for it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it quite has a, enough going for it. Maybe, maybe one day. Very specific meta. Uh, it'll maybe get there eventually. I do think it's V-Star power is pretty good. You can use it for no energy, and it does 70 damage times the number of your opponent's Pokemon V in play. So maybe there is a world in a deck, like, you know, we've seen several decks recently that have popped up that don't play a V-Star Pokemon. There's no reason to use a V-Star power, um, or no way to use a V-Star power, like a Vikavolt deck or something like that. Maybe you get a 1-1 Vulpix in there just for the ability to use silver snow star but the problem as well is the fact that those decks now ha are going to have access to the forest tablet card which we'll talk about in a little bit and i think yeah. that to have access to a v-star power that's a little bit easier than adding a one one line i do think this v-star power is pretty decent though yeah it's not terrible <laughs> we'll give it that it's not terrible definitely some some uh better options out there and yeah the tablets um i guess we can go to those next right the tablets coming out forest sure. tablet earthen tablet 
Uh, forest tablet. Um, they're not called team. that. I think everyone's just oh, calling them people tablets. Are, people are just calling them tablets. They're called that's what, what they the are, earthen, right? <laughs> yeah, earthen uh, seal stone. Yeah, yeah, and then forest seal stone, uh, and probably the one that'll have the higher impact in the initial for in the initial release will be the forest seal stone because it's a you know you can put these on any of your V Pokemon and then use the uh, the attack or the ability on them. And the forest one has an ability which says you can search your deck for any one card. And this does take up your V star power. So yeah, you attach one of these stones. Power, yes. Yeah, it is a V star power. So it uses up your V star power. So if you use the V star power, you don't get to also use a, a seal stone ability or attack. But the forest seal stone has the ability where you can search your deck for any one card. So a nerfed star birth from the Arceus. But when you're playing a deck that doesn't have a vsar power but has v pokemon in it because once again this has to be attached to a v pokemon all of a sudden you're searching your deck for any one card at any point in the game which is pretty good unless you put it in play and it gets like vacuumed and specifically people are looking at this and they're like oh you can put this in mew and it becomes an out to any card throughout the game or when you get roxanne path it becomes an out to go find your out to path and you're just back in the game right so seems pretty good in mew for sure we'll probably play another decks as well yeah, we talked about these two cards a little bit last week, so I don't want to like go too in-depth on them because we did talk about them already. But yeah, that's true. One thing that we didn't talk about that I've started to see more lists from Japan now coming out of Fusion Strike Mew, which we talked about that last week as being a potential resurgence in the new meta once lugia v-star comes out it does seem like a decent way for for Mew to kind of counteract the damage reduction from from the the uh the lugia deck um four seal stone obviously works i think best with mew and if fusion strike mew is becoming more popular that is a super um combo heavy deck and the fact that you can play this card to just guarantee a piece of the combo is super good whether it's guarantee yeah. the attach of a fusion strike energy for turn whether it's the guarantee grab of the alessa sparkle most of the japanese lists i've been seeing are only playing two alessa sparkle because that's all you need <laughs> because you can just yeah. have so much easier access to it with this card uh, of course you still have access to cramorant and things like that and then when you're cutting things like the alessa sparkles and you can cut down on some of these things because you're going to have this ability to use at some point, you can make more room for things like good old Pokemon catchers. So are <laughs> we moving to a meta where we're going to see the, the catcher Mew pop back up once again? Uh, we might, because it does seem like it is probably maybe has the better matchup against the Lugia deck. Just being fast and aggressive might be the only way you can outprice trade them because the Lugia deck is running stuff like Drapion or Crobat VMAX or even the Yvatals, like the seems to be the mainstay of like one hit KO anything. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think we could get back to a we could get to a point where uh, that's the build of you. We go the catcher, Elsa Sparkle. Unfortunately, but and I, I but really hope Lugia pushes it to that. I hope we yeah, and I hope it doesn't push us to the point where the optimal deck to play and the way to play it as well is to play Fusion Strike Mew and choose to go second. <laughs> and choosing to go second because of how easy it is to pull off the turn one Melodious Echo with the power tablets, whatever you might need. So yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully we don't get pushed that far. That'd be bad. Yeah, that's a line that's, you know, I mean, we've been in that format before, right? <laughs> we, yeah. That format has existed. But uh, something else yeah. I did want to note about these cards as well, which is just kind of like, you know, this might not be that big of a deal to most people, but oh, yeah. something worth mentioning is that these cards are hollow rares in the set. They're not uncommons. They're not regular rares. They are hollow rares, which means they're going to have a little bit lower pull rate than uncommons, you know, most like most trainers would normally. And they also don't come as reverse hollows which is really interesting i saw that online that there won't be reverse hollow prints of forest seal stone and earthen seal stone so that's going to make these cards 
more expensive than they normally would combined with the fact yeah. that they're uh playable right so the fact that they're a hollow print there's no reverse hollow and they are playable is going to boost the price of them and there's just probably going to be less of them available on the market because uh, there's no reverse hollow prints of them right so maybe yeah. we'll get non-hollow prints of these in a deck at some point someday but if you're needing to play with the card that doesn't do you any good <laughs> you need to get it right now so you can <laughs> utilize it for brazil or any of the december tournaments right yeah, thankfully it's only uh only a one of uh sure. in most decks like you only need to only be playing as a one of so that's like the, a, the good thing i guess um, I guess, like, talking about Archeops and Lugia, I mean, there's not too much to say. Like, once again, we talked about them last week. Probably going to be the new BDIF. I think that's kind of everyone's expectations for it, uh, which I think is fine. It's fine to have a BDIF, but I just don't enjoy formats where the BDIF pushes kind of extremely warps the format around it. I think we've seen that with ADP, Mew, and even Palkia recently um, yeah, have all been sure. decks that have really forced the, the whole meta to revolve around it in an extremely... I think uh unhealthy way has overall created a, a un, uh, unfun meta overall i think when you compare it to other formats so um gonna be powerful probably the bdif how good will it be i guess we'll have to wait and see a lightning type pokemon i wanted to talk about there's a couple on here one of them is the <laughs> raichu so this is a little bit of a a cheesy one because it, for a colorless attack it does ambushing spark 40 damage and if your opponent has used their v-star power during this game this attack does 100 more damage so 140 times 2 280 damage i think it's very obvious that these numbers were put together with the origin form palkia v-star in mind obviously the boost of this damage is reliant on your opponent doing something. So this is the type of thing that if your opponent knows you have it, they can play around it. I do think Raichu could be an inclusion in like a Zorark box deck. We talked about yep. Zorark box a little bit with the Radiant Jirachi. So if that's a deck, you know, maybe you throw a, a Raichu in here just because if, you know, I mean, that deck has no good way to KO an Origin Form Palkia V-Star as it is. Your opponent can obviously play around it, like I mentioned. The fact that it's colorless, though. And also, I think that when I initially saw this card come out, people's reaction to it was like, oh, it's another Drapion V, another Galarian Zapdos V. And this is definitely just way worse than both of those <laughs> examples yeah. uh, because your opponent can directly and pretty reasonably play around it. Though I will say Palkia is a deck that pretty often when I've played it, there have been many times where I have no choice but to use my V-Star power. It's like I either use my V-Star power or I don't attack this turn. Yeah. So while they can play around it to an extent, it's maybe not that easy to do so. Yeah, we'll have to, <clears throat> we'll have to see if this is like the 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 push the point where you finally Zoro Box becomes like a viable deck. I don't think so. I don't think Raichu's gonna save zoro box uh, and i don't think you're much... ever playing like pikachu raichu in a deck right like you're yeah that, that's, i don't think so <laughs> we're never playing a one one <laughs> no. or a two two line of raichu like this mm. this card pretty much solely goes in zoro box right yeah i feel like it for the most part i can't imagine like adding it to uh i don't know a two two line to an arceus deck or something seems pretty unreasonable although arceus is probably more likely to force your opponent to use their v-star power than sure. a zoro box is um, I don't think you're running a two-two. Well, maybe you are. Maybe you are running a two-two, right? I don't think, but Palkia is not that big of a threat anymore in the format, anyways. Yeah, it, uh, and there's going to be mm -hmm. a decent amount of special en energy hate in general with Lugia coming out, so that was kind of. Um, this also does one-shot Lugia for what it's sure. worth as well. That is true. It does one-shot Lugia, and Lugia oh, and they has are... to use it. Lugia has to use its V-Star power, right? That's true. Okay, okay, maybe I didn't even actually think about that. 
I didn't think about it until the... just now, to be honest. I was still stuck on the <laughs> the Palkia Maybe that's what path, everyone was but... talking about when they were calling it Drapion. Maybe it is a... Hey, it could be pretty good. Arceus Raichu for Brazil, Azul? <laughs> <laughs> not gonna... Not gonna well, I, I, maybe Zorark Raichu. I don't know about Arceus Raichu, but maybe <laughs> Zorark Raichu. Although, Arceus Raichu, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he went from, I don't know about that. Oh, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta KO the Dunspars first. That's gonna that be the... That is the issue, right? Yeah, I gotta get that done first first. But Starbirth, fine boss, boss it up. Good work. GG. And uh another lightning type Pokemon to talk about, the Reggie Alecky V Max. We did talk about this when it got revealed as well. Um it's got the free retreat, which is nice, you know, boosting the damage of yep. lightning type Pokemon. Basics is, only though. Yeah, basics only is decent, but it's like about what you're able to pair it with. I guess Raikou V maybe the best option. You could walk. Yeah, Vika Volt for the I item lock. Would, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, I can't forget about that. I don't know how good that's going to be, but I think that is probably you. Instead of playing like the baby Zapdos that increases your damage by ten, you put like a two-two, Lucky V Max in the Vika Volt deck, I think, and then plus thirty is like a lot for to be like going for item lock item from fifty lock, to yeah. what eighty is like a big a big buff, I think, if the deck is still as smooth, um, but still not like a huge game changer, I don't think. And this does stack right, so like we can you know you can go to. To eighty and to one ten yeah. and to one forty potentially. I don't think we're so. setting up. We're not setting up three luckies. <laughs> I don't, I don't think know, man. I mean, uh, why not? You know, if we're well, two, I don't think it's if, gonna happen. If we're, if we're going to hit KO and item lock into the meta, like that's you know pretty good. Throw some hammers in there. Everyone's uh-huh. having a great time. <laughs> yeah, everyone's having a ton of fun with that. <laughs> and it's easy to set up with Earth and Seal Stone, right? Or Forest Seal Stone. Which one is it? Forest, forest, yeah, forest, forest. Yeah. forest I mean, you could play the Earth and Steel some, but that sounds worse. So yeah, forest. <laughs> yeah, that, that will add some consistency to that. Yeah, Vika Vault doesn't really have a, a V Star power to utilize right now. So okay, I'm down. We're down to clown. Psychic type Pokemon, Radiant Alakazam. This one is a pretty cool card, but I don't think that there's a great spread deck to make use of it right now. Um, its ability Spoonful of Pain. Once during your turn, you may move up to two damage counters from one of your opponent's Pokemon to another one of their Pokemon. And its attack is really not that bad either. Psych- uh, Mind Ruler for a Psychic and Colorless 20 times the amount of cards in your opponent's hand. So you could theoretically, you know, one-hit KO something if someone maybe wasn't thinking about it, playing around it, anything like that. Um, I don't know. I, I like the ability. I almost like the ability a little bit more for just like Theoretically, you could just have enough situations where you just like you over KO one Pokemon and then struggle to one hit KO the next Pokemon. So you could like, you know, if you're hitting with Arceus, Arceus is doing 180 was, damage. Yeah. You're doing, yeah, you're doing 360. So you have like excess 80 to 40 damage. That if you could be like move that off and like start to build up damage on other Pokemon, it could lead to KOs all of a sudden, right? Yeah, and especially if you're, you know, not directly turn after turn to hit KOing a Pokemon, if you like, yeah hit for 180 and then go boss's orders hit something else and then now you've got a bunch of damage to move around potentially yeah the problem is is like this you can only play one radiant pokemon per deck right so it's like this has to be more worth playing than radiant gardevoir radiant greninja radiant charizard i think you know those are the three best right now um and right now arceus decks are playing gardevoir for the most part Mm -hmm. and I think that there's a world where Radiant Alakazam does make more sense, especially if we're seeing Fusion Strike Mew come back because Gardevoir is going to help way less into that version than the current DTE version of the deck. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I think it's a cool card with cool ability. And that's like the biggest thing that I want to see more of in these sets. You know, we're getting these 200 card sets 
And when there's only like two cool cards, it's like, okay, um, all right, <laughs> I guess. Sure. But yeah, cards like this are just, it's cool to see more cards like this that are cool. Um, and I think one of actually the best cards from the set that I haven't heard too much people talk about uh, is the Jinx. Uh, so the Jinx has an ability that says, if it's knocked out by a V Pokemon, your opponent doesn't draw any prize cards. And its attack for two colorless energy does 10 plus 10 more for each damage counter on your opponent's active Pokemon. Um, so... Uh, this combos really well with any kind of deck that doesn't want to KO stuff uh, and then also plays twin energy or double turbo energy. So I think Jinx with like some kind of Arceus deck would actually be pretty good because Arceus really doesn't want to KO in, want to KO in anything. You're kind of just punching something and then punching it again. But when you could punch it with a Jinx with a DTE and then two it KO and they can't draw a prize card if they KO the Jinx, that puts you in a pretty good spot, I feel like. Or Zorak Box. Yeah, I guess you could put it here. Put it <laughs> box. Oh, hey, yeah. it works with Wormadam, right? Yeah. It works with Wormadam. Yeah. It adds another Pokemon to the discard pile. You're going to be two at KOing most of the time. You play Twin Energy you and Double Turbo Energy. And Double Turbo, yep. You know, we're yeah. listen, this set just, ha it's time. Zork box, right? This is it. <laughs> we got the Raichu, the Jirachi. Jinx, come on now. I mean, if this isn't the time, rotation's about a hit, so then we're going to start losing cards. We can't, like, <laughs> we're going to be like in a constant cycle of getting some new stuff for Zoro Box and then losing stuff until Zorok just rotates and we'll never be get to the perfect amount yeah. of... Uh... <laughs> so I feel like it's time has to be... Yeah, it's time feels like it has to be now for sure. But yeah, I mean, the Jinx, yeah, I think, is super... We're going to lose Twin Energy good. to rotation, right? Unless we get something similar in the Scarlet oh, yeah. Violet base set. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty I mean, important card. The X's, Double Turbos have always been out when the X's are out, right? So I feel like... Maybe it's time to, or not double turbo, double colorless energy. That's not true. ECE. Not the original. Am I wrong? Oh, oh, like 2016 or two, uh, 2006? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. double colors actually, I don't think ever existed with lowercase EX Pokemon, now that I think about it, because they weren't legal by the time it came out in Heart Gold to Silver Base set. Oh, I think you are right. So probably, I think that we're past the point of seeing a double, I mean, I think with the fact that they printed both twin energy and double turbo energy this generation, I think they recognize that double colorless energy is just a little too powerful of a card. It has to have some kind of, so they'll give us another, they'll probably give us another double of energy with some kind of restriction. Sure. Like the current, the current I think doubles. double turbo energy is like probably the best way to do it, though I will say yeah. like, you know, minus 20 damage when these things have 300 hit points. It doesn't really make I mean, that it, big of a difference, right? <laughs> I guess the biggest thing that it's done is it stop. I mean, again, for Muse math, it's pretty relevant, and also for Arceus's math, it's pretty pretty relevant to like stop it from being able to just like KO a V turn two. You have to work if you want to get that knockout. The choice belt goon plays and stuff. So I think I think it's done its job for sure. Um, another V star to talk about the unknown V star. Pretty interesting. Well, v stars. I don't know if the V stars we're talking about, but the V is. The V is okay. Sure. <laughs> The V Star, it has another of those ability, but it yeah. The V is the cool one though. If you wanna if you wanna read the V Star, go for it. I'll put that on you. <laughs> I don't think the V is that cool. I'm kind of surprised that you are marking the unknown V as being a decent card. But yeah, it's got the well, victory symbol it... attack for three colorless. Yeah. If you only have one prize card left when using this attack, you win. So I mean that that effect is cool, but I mean three I guess double turbo raihan is that what you're thinking with this yeah that that's what it would have to be it has to be the unknown v with a raihan she's playing a raihan deck but, but it's like this to, in order for this to be worth playing you it has to be winning you enough games where you wouldn't win by already being able to use raihan plus double yeah, you turbo have to be in your turn you have to be right? playing like, a deck that you have to be playing a deck where you literally can't win the game um where you literally yeah you literally can draw five prize cards you have to be playing a deck that can like only draw five prize cards but if it exists then you got your unknown <laughs>
and then the v-star i don't think is cool great pack. either but it i mean similar to like the aerodactyl v-star it's got like a it's v-star power is an attack that becomes a lasting effect on the game until it leaves play which is interesting but it's three colorless energy to make everything have psychic weakness and then in, it has 250 hp so it can be a ko'd pretty reasonably yeah. Um, you yeah. can put in your active for a turn as well. So it's like, it's going to the active to yeah. use the attack to get this ability. Yeah. So it's going to get hit, and then you go to the bench, and if it wasn't KO'd, they can just boss KO it, and then nothing has psychic weakness anymore. So It is a rat's yeah. V, though. I saw you were hype about that, right? Yeah. R-A-T-S-V. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or V-S-T-A-R. V-star. Okay. Anyway. Uh, the next one to talk about, I think, would be Reggie Drago. We once again talked about Reggie Drago. Uh, very versatile card. A lot of cool attacks, right? Um, well, we talked about it before. We talked about it last week or the week before. Um, so I'm not going to say yeah, it's too been much a while. It's been a while um, since we talked about it. It was like you know, after it got revealed. It's been, it's been a little while, I think. But yeah, well, maybe I mean, I'm wrong. I thought it was last week. I've seen a decent amount of people talking about this card, and you know, I've seen some people posting early lists online. I just don't think this card is ever going to be good, personally. Like <laughs> it, you can, yes, copy any a dragon attack dragon. from the discard pile, which is cool, but it has to be worth it. It has to be worth evolving. Uh, into this Pokemon and committing to Gardenia as your supporter to get the acceleration to it. You also have to Gardenia to the benched one and draw the grass energies and find the fire energy in the right order. It's just, there's too much needing to happen here for this card. I think um, I've seen some people posting with Arce. I saw a list with Arceus posted online. I've seen just like the Gardenia going. I think if there's a chance for this card, it's going to be through Arceus most likely just because it can ride on the back of Arceus V-Star being so good. Um, I just don't see it. I don't know. You are a Mewtwo enjoyer, a Mewtwo V, uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, a Mewtwo tag team, a Mewtwo Mew tag team. Obviously, you want to regionals with that deck. People are making those parallels. I think that this is just so much weaker, though. Yeah, it's definitely not as good. Uh, still a cool card. Uh, might be an okay tier two, tier three deck. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, not a um, not a ridiculously strong card by any means. I don't think. I think it's okay. I think it's solid. Um, but it probably won't be. It's not going to be. The, it's not going to be Lugia. At first, I thought this was going to be the Lugia of the set. But then the more I've like seen Lugia's results and people talk about it and thinking about it myself, yeah, Lugia is the Lugia of this set. Registrago <laughs> is very much secondary and might not even be good enough to be, even be competitive. To be honest. Yeah, to me, this set, it's like introducing a tier one deck and then some other interesting things, right? Which is really what most sets, I feel like, have done the last two years or so. It's like Palkia, tier one deck, and then we get, you know, Dialga's kind of cool, right? Or Arceus yeah. V-Star. You can play anything with it. Everything else, you know, <laughs> it's like, okay. Mew VMAX, it's, it's, you know, super, super strong, and then I don't even remember what else came out in Fusion nothing. Strike. Like nothing. nothing. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. I was gonna say uh, Jolteon, but that was like the set before, right? It was evolving yeah, skies. I think so. um, evolving. Yeah, I don't know. It's that's just really kind of what it's been. Uh, Lost Origin was the exception, right? We got five or six really cool new decks, and it's made the the meta feel really diverse. Um, how are those decks gonna stand up to Lugia? I guess is the main question. Yeah, I think we're going back to a more narrow format with the release of, which is what we've had for a while. I feel like we had a pretty narrow format until the Lost or the Lost Origin release, Lost Origin set, and then we're gonna go back to that more narrow feel uh, <laughs> once Lugia comes out. Unfortunately, another trainer to talk about: Leafy Camo Poncho. What a name, by the way. Uh, <laughs> 
It's a Pokemon tool card. If the Pokemon this card is attached to is a Pokemon V-Star or V-Max, whenever your opponent plays a supporter card from their hand, prevent all effects of that card done to this Pokemon. So this uh, will prevent Boss's Orders or Serena from pulling your Pokemon up to win the game. Um, it's really hard, I think, to justify committing a deck spot to something like this in like a normal attacking deck, though we did see, uh, once again, we've talked about him a couple times on the cast already, uh, this episode, Sander made use of a similar card, the Sun and Moon Badge at EUIC, uh, on his Umbreon VMAX stall deck with Cheryl's and Eldegoss and all that stuff going on. So now you're not committed into just having a protection on a Umbreon or Espeon VMAX, you can have protection on any of your VMAXs or V-Stars. Yeah, and it does... Uh, that is actually interesting. Maybe that deck is all of a sudden, like, super viable because you could put it on any... <laughs> you could put it on any Pokemon, right? So anything with free retreat, that's a big Pokemon that can't be one to KO, just put it on that, and then you're, you're cruising. Yeah, Cheryl, like, Eldegoss between them. Yep. Yeah, Cheryl, Eldegoss, Loop. Yeah, I guess the new Reggie, the new Reggie Lucky, right? It's got free retreat. Yeah. It's got a lot of HP. Uh, Yvetal still one hit KOs it, so that is a fear I fear. But uh, you can somehow beat that, or just take the L to Lugia. Um, that it works, it works for sure. So yeah, that be that's actually yeah pretty cool. I was thinking like like you can do some other kind of like attacking healing decks, um, where you just like set up a bunch of V Maxes, play this the, the new Serena Radiant Serena, so that heals you like retreat between them as you retreat you heal something with yeah, Crystal like, Cave heal, maybe. Healing twenty damage just isn't what it was. No, in but like you get that, man. but when you can't get gusted, <laughs> I'm thinking back to like Mega Manetric where you set up like three Mega Manetrics and you they hit one you retreat it you rough seize you send up another they you attack they hit it you retreat to the third one you send that one up yeah rough seize again so you've healed Let's... sixty damage from a, get crystal, attack a crystal Cave. Did... Okay, okay. Get Crystal Cave involved, sure. maybe? So, I'm just saying, this ideas, ideas. <laughs> I got these ideas. Potential. But a, a very, I think, I think it is like a, a powerful card, dragon right? or metal Pokemon that can utilize this. <laughs> maybe got to get some. Well, it's time for like those those stage one Pokemon that would reduce the retreat cost of your Pokemon by two. Oh, this <laughs> deck sounds time. awesome, dude. This is going to be such a good deck for sure. Oh, for sure. Corviknight. That's for your tree All right, sure, sure. Okay, Corviknight's hey! the guy, right? Corviknight's the guy. <laughs> the guy. <laughs> Catch me playing some Corviknight. <laughs> and then... Corviknight Poncho deck. Yeah, yeah. Corviknight Poncho, right? Uh, yeah, there you go. All right, lock it in. Uh, a couple <laughs> more to talk about. Serena, we talked about this one recently as well, but we'll go over it. New supporter card. Probably, I think, the second most powerful card coming out of the, four, coming out of the, the set, right? I think it goes Lugia, Serena... Um, and, you know, you can rank the rest under that. But Serena, you can discard up to three cards from your hand. You must discard at least one, and then you drop to five cards. Or you can choose to gust up uh, one of your opponent's benched V, specifically V Pokemon. So uh, usually when you play Boss's Orders, you're bringing up a V Pokemon. You're sometimes bringing up some of the one prize Pokemon, but usually you're bringing up a V Pokemon. And if all your bosses could double as a draw supporter when you need it, even if it's not as good as Marnia Research, that's pretty good. Right, Chip? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think that at first many people just thought this would replace boss, but I don't think it can totally replace boss because I don't think so. sometimes you're going to KO a one prizer, and then if you're only playing Serena, your opponent can 
abuse that and just for you're immediately forced into the seven prize game. Um, and Zor another buff for Zorok Box is people cutting boss so they're not chasing your Zorua. <laughs> it's just it's better and better. <laughs> Zoro, I think if there's anything to take away from this cast, and maybe this is the episode title as well. <laughs> Zoro Box <laughs> is broken. <laughs> is it Zoro Box's time? It'll never Finally. get better than this. Like, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is its one shot. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Serena's a great card, obviously, but uh, I don't think it replaces boss. I think you got to play a mix or... Yeah. Um, and this is interesting because like, I remember this discussion also happening when Guzma came out. People were like, Guzma or Lysander? Which one are we playing? Are we playing a split? And most people just ended up playing Guzma. Well, Guzma, right? <laughs> yeah. But for a while, people played a split. Um, yeah. Sometimes, right? But it, it became it evident so very better, quickly though. that Guzma was just better. I don't mm -hmm. think that we're going to see the same thing here, though, where like people come to the conclusion that Serena or Boss is just better. Um, I And it also is worth noting that Serena's longevity is going to be much lower than boss because it only brings up Pokemon V can't bring up Pokemon yep. EX. So mm -hmm. when Pokemon EX come out and start being good, uh, Serena is going to die down in popularity for sure. Yeah, definitely. So we'll see a little bit of a drawback there, but I actually kind of am hoping that Pokemon EX don't start to become good until we're like a rotation in even maybe to be honest, personally, I think that means you that hope they're... that they make them to the point where it's like, they're not good enough until yeah, because that means they would have brought the power level down a little Scaled bit, it and it's back, like, okay, yeah. we're scaling it back. EXs are going to see they're suck not going to do year. that because then they sell yeah, no but cards. yeah, they, they can't. Yeah, that's do what that. I think though. They're they're not going to do that. Which which I don't know, but maybe maybe they just find the right balance where they can compete. But then once we get to an EX only kind of format, it feels really good still. Like and they kind they of did that, that with Pokemon V Star. V Star was scaling it back right from three prizes to two prizes. Well, but. I don't know if that means it's always carrying like something could be worth one prize card, but have a thousand HP, right? Like, sure. <laughs> like I don't know if that's scaling back the power level always. Cause like if these two prize Pokemon are pushing out the three prize Pokemon, isn't that an indication of higher power creep? Or is it just like, I mean, I guess like you could make them, you know, you could make these two prize Pokemon have 400 HP. So they completely decimate the three, the three prize Pokemon, but now games are longer because they are two prize Pokemon, which I guess is a fair, uh, you know, analysis of the situation. And uh, last card I think we wrote down to talk about was okay. the V Guard Energy. We did talk about this again last week. Very great card with the Lugia. Um, uh, the Pokemon this card is attached to takes 30 less damage from the attacks of your opponent's Pokemon V. Uh, I do think it's great in Lugia, but it does make sense in other decks as well. Talked about, like, I don't know, Stonejourner earlier on in the cast. We kind of mentioned that, you know, if Stonejourner could have a fifth stone fighting energy this is pretty good right it does it's it's That's a it. little bit better even so yeah, i could even see like an arceus build where you scale it back to like two double turbo and like find that off your starbirth and then play like four v guard energy so those becomes your attachments for turn to make your arceus i mean you get a big charm on there you get a v guard energy on there the radiant nothing's guard taking you down radiant guard for yeah like nothing's taking you down right like so i could see something like that as well um or some other kind of decks being built around v guard energy because yeah reduce 30 damage uh, to avoid one hit KOs pretty much entirely, it's a pretty big deal to be honest. Like that's uh, pretty nice. Maybe this is a tech in like uh, Fusion Strike Mew as well, right? Because you can Alessa Sparkle yeah. to your Mew V Max and then attach this, so you're forcing up in the mirror match. You're forcing them to have another modifier, right? 
I don't think they're ever getting there with Oracorio and V Guard energy. Like that's just not happening. <laughs> I don't think so. No, you're pretty tanky at that point. Yeah, that could be the new way to play uh, Chip. Why'd you have to do another way to play Mew? Do we really need this tank Mew? What? Am I leaking, bro? I'm sorry. <laughs> Literally, Chip ruined the format right there. No one was gonna build Tank Mew. It's the new BDIF. Now everyone knows about it, and the format's ruined. Oh, you're gonna wait. be fine, bro. Oh. We're just the friggin' Poncho card. <laughs> Poncho on tank, leafy poncho camo, Mew. leafy camo. I think poncho, poncho Mew. and Mew. I think Poncho and Mew is definitely good as like a one of because then you can set up three Mew V maxes, and when you ever hit a board state where your opponent has to chase a Mew V max, you just Poncho it and then run it away. Yeah, like it, you send it up, it hits. Chase. They take a hit. Yep. I think a one of Poncho and Mew is just like makes sense because it just works. It works well with free retreat Pokemon. So, bro, it's hard to not mm. play choice belt though on that Mew. That's the problem. Anytime I see someone with like the hero's medal and stuff as well, because it's like then you're just now not gonna get there on one of your attacks. I mean, maybe, but I think it's I think it's uh, probably worth the one of spot, you know, just be a little bit better placing with your tools or, you know, play a safety vacuum or something and be like choice belt now, poncho later. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> choice belt now, poncho later. Sure. <laughs> all right. Well, that is our kind of all the cards that we um, identified as like the best options or like the, the things that we're most excited about, maybe from the new set. There's definitely plenty of other interesting cards here as well, though um so you know we'll we'll try out some other things and after the set comes out this week maybe we'll spend some time next week after we talk about the warsaw results we'll talk a little bit about uh early thoughts on what we've been enjoying whenever we yep. actually get our hands on the new set so potential surprises hopefully of uh, yes. yeah, Zor zoro box yeah <laughs> I think that's going to, yeah, Zoro Box, right? If there's anything to take away from this episode, Mew and Zoro Box are broken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares about anything we talked about for Warsaw, right? All right, guys. Well, thank you so much to everyone for tuning in to this week's episode of Uncommon Energy. We really appreciate the support as always. If you did enjoy, be sure to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcasting platform. It really does help out a ton. And also be sure to subscribe over on the YouTube channel. We're still sitting around about like 50% of the people who watch the episode are subscribed. So if you're, if you made it to this point, you're listening every single week, you know, just click the subscribe button helps out. And uh, yeah, thanks for watching. Be sure to check out the socials as well. You can follow the podcast at uncommon underscore energy over on Twitter. You can also follow myself and Azul. Azul is at Azul GG and I am at trainer. Oh, no, sorry. I am at Chip Ritchie. <laughs> no longer <laughs> at trainer Chip. And I'm also at Azul underscore GG. So you Chip's missing all of them up today. <laughs> it's all good. We're at the yeah. end of the podcast. Who even made it to this point, right? <laughs> yeah, catch us on the Twitters. Uh, thanks for the support as always. Let us know how you're doing in the guess that flavor text in the comment section down below. And did we miss any of cards that you think were worth talking about from the new set release also let us know about those what's your favorite deck uh to try out i mean out of silver tempest and we'll catch you all next week at 7 a.m eastern peace on tuesday at yeah, tuesday <laughs>